0: the news and making sense of a nation on the go. You're listening to The Long Form with Sunny Nyombia. This podcast is brought to you by The New Times. Hello everyone. On the weekend, UK Home Secretary Suela Braverman visited Kigali for a two-day visit. This visit followed the signing last year of a controversial Rwanda-UK migration partnership. This deal lauded by some and absolutely hated by others, aims to create a new way of dealing with refugees and illegal migrants who attempt dangerous journeys to reach Western shores. To discuss this topic and what it means for Rwandans, I'm excited to be joined by Yolande Makolo, the spokesperson of the government of Rwanda. Now, if you want to react to this conversation, use the hashtag longformrw on Twitter and share your thoughts. But before we continue, do you know what you need to do today? You need to join the over 40,000 daily subscribers of the New Times e paper to enjoy credible, in depth reporting on Rwanda. Visit the website newtimes.co.rw to register for free. And now, back to the show. Greetings, Yoland. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation to join me to discuss this topic.
1: Thank you for having me on your podcast.
0: All right. So now, before we start a deeper conversation about what the Rwanda-UK partnership is all about and what it means for Rwandans, I'd like you to share a short summary of what exactly the deal is all about.
1: Okay, so this initiative, which is called the Migration and Economic Development Partnership, is about Rwanda uh, playing a role in contributing a solution to the migration crisis that we're seeing globally. So we have men, women, children dying in deserts and in the seas, trying to get to rich countries in the West. Mm. Sometimes they're fleeing wars, and very often they're fleeing poverty and lack of opportunity. Many of these migrants uh, end up in the UK, or other European countries mm. illegally, uh, sometimes live in horrible conditions and are unable to access essential services. So, with this partnership, Rwanda will be giving a home to these vulnerable migrants from the UK. And these the migrants are often victims of criminal human smuggling gangs that are exploiting them. With you know, with the hopes of uh, making money, I guess they want to make money, but they are exploiting these desperate people who hope to live in rich countries with a lot of opportunity or perceived uh, opportunities. So uh, for us in Rwanda, being a welcoming place for people seeking a safe home and a chance for a decent life is something that we are familiar with as Rwandans. We're a welcoming country. And it's something that we can be proud of. Mm. What the UK is doing um, is they're directly investing in building our capacity to take care of migrants. And in addition to this support, the UK is also directly investing in Rwanda's economic development to enable us to do more of what we're doing to, meaning, you know, build more infrastructure, reinforce uh, some of our services, improve our education, and offer more training for both Rwandans and migrants.
0: I hear what you're saying. The obvious question then that I would follow is, It feels like we're giving the UK an easy way out. They're already rich, they have the means. When we have to deal with what happens in our environment. When we uh, see Congolese fleeing near Gongo, we handle it. When there are issues in Burundi, we handle it. Uh, and when other countries in the region get issues, they handle it with, of course, partnership with uh, organizations such as the UNHCR and the other uh, donor organizations and countries. So why, if we, poorer nations, are able to figure out how to protect vulnerable people why can't they figure it out why do they come to poorer countries and say hey help us out here
1: i mean rwanda is uh, in this for the right reasons uh, we africans are not a source of problems you can also be a source of solutions you know that rwanda has a lot of global partnerships in many areas We are uh, renowned for peacekeepers Mm -hmm. in many parts of the world. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are also in several bilateral security arrangements with a couple of countries in in Africa. So we're able to participate uh, and contribute to important global issues. Mm -hmm. And what we're dealing with now in migration is a global issue, and it needs a global solution. We we are ready to participate in this global solution, find a new way of looking at migration in a way that not only helps the world deal with it, but also um, helps us. As Rwandans, the existing asylum system, to be honest, is broken, and it's being taken advantage of by criminal human smuggling networks that are profiting from exploiting migrants who are desperate. These migrants, many of them Africans, are risking extremely dangerous journeys in pursuit of opportunity, or perceived opportunity. And for us, we feel that we cannot keep losing lives and do nothing. I mean
0: with our history we've been on the receiving end of cruelty so I guess from our side we're saying hey let's play our part I guess
1: sure those who take these dangerous journeys are mostly young people with mm. a lot of potential yeah so the hundreds that have died trying to cross the Sahara desert trying to cross the Mediterranean in flimsy boats these are talents that we're losing from the continent mm. that could be used these talents could be used to build opportunity on our continent, in our countries. We want to work with other countries around the world to stop this because no country on its own can solve this problem. Yeah. And uh, working together, we can have a, an impact. And this partnership, it, it's new, it's bold, it's innovative. We we want to give it a chance to work. People should give it a chance to work. Uh, and if it's successful, it can grow to different countries. I and mean, sure, we're helping the UK solve a challenge that they have, but the UK is also investing resources here uh, in Rwanda so that we can expand and accelerate our work to build a better Rwanda for Rwandans and all those who come to to live with us. We're creating opportunities in Rwanda for the migrants who come to live here, but we're also continuing to do the work that we do normally to give Rwandans the best chance that they can get to build decent lives.
0: You mentioned somewhere about something about um, additional resources. There are media reports, if I'm not mistaken, probably um, communiques that have kind of revealed a number, um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe you could correct me. The number is 140 million pounds, is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's uh, the initial investment Yeah. in this partnership. Okay,
0: with that money, right? The immediate question is, what's government doing with that money? Um, and then what's going to happen when more migrants come in, right? So is that capped at 140 million or the more people come in, because we're hearing stories of uh, the partnership being uncapped in in terms of how many uh, illegal migrants can come in. So let's say they send 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, are we going to see additional financial support, or is it, you know, $140 million and you're on your own?
1: So the initial uh, investment in the partnership, part of it is operational, getting ready to actually welcome and house the migrants that will be coming, accommodation, training, and a large part of it is uh, goes directly to our budget mm. to support our economic development. Mm. This means uh, it goes into pu- some public services, infrastructure, housing, into education, and so forth. So the work that we are doing uh, normally, part of our our development plan, Mm. so it goes directly into that. When we get some uh, clear visibility on how many migrants are coming and when, there will be additional funding to Mm. ensure that they're properly integrated into the community that they uh, get the training that they need, uh, that they're able to be facilitated and supported to start businesses or to get jobs, to learn the language and so forth. Mm -hmm. So it will depend on how many uh, migrants are relocated here Mm -hmm. and when they come. So that's an ongoing discussion.
0: Before we continue this very interesting conversation, are you looking for a job or is there a tender you want to bid for? On the New Times Job Mart, you will find hundreds of jobs and tender listings. Visit the Job Mart today by going to its website, jobs.newtimes.co.rw. If you want to post a job opportunity, call 7 85 9489 and ask about the great rates. And now back to the show. Let's kind of dig further into that money. So the question that I would really kind of be interested in knowing is this. I work really, really hard um, and I am a taxpayer. And with the migrants that are coming in, will our taxpayer money end up supporting this program? That's the first question. Second question is, you have all these people coming in, their challenges already with uh, affordable housing for Rwandans and you know, making sure that there are enough homes. government is trying to build about close to 100,000 homes, new homes every year, just so that we can provide for our own people. And so that's another question, right? Where will all these people live? And then there's also, okay, they're here, they have homes, how will they work? How will they earn a living? Um, obviously, they'll get initial support, I assume, but are they always going to be on benefits? I don't see that happening. I certainly hope that that's not how it happens because as a country, that's not really what we are about, which is uh, benefits forever. And lastly, I'd like to kind of ask about integration. You have some of these people will come from countries that don't speak any of the three national languages, whether it's Kinyarwanda, French, or English, how can we ask them to integrate into a society where they can communicate? What are we going to do to ensure that the transition is as smooth as possible?
1: So first, uh, about the taxpayer money No, uh, there's new investment being made by the UK uh, in this program. Uh, and. Uh, this investment will actually help our taxpayer money go further by supplementing our programs. Mm. So that's the first thing. In terms of housing, uh, we will be housing migrants uh, in homes uh, across Kigali, uh, within our communities. Mm. There will be no camps, there'll be no prisons, there'll be no detention centers. Mm. Um, And we will find housing for them in Kigali and also in our secondary cities. Mm. They'll be helped to integrate into the community with government support Mm. uh, over a number of years and then uh, hoping that they will then be integrated enough to to be self-sufficient and be able to to carry on their lives here because it's a multi-year partnership. Mm. The migrants will also have access to education and training to help them build a career or start a business. And uh, we're also making arrangements for for language classes so that they're able to learn uh, the languages that we speak here.
0: Yeah, I I can imagine, um, you know, a lot of people, public transport is on motos and what, and I can only imagine someone coming in and trying to get from place A to place B and Kinyaranda. It it sounds uh, like a tricky situation.
1: No, I don't think so. We have a lot of... Rwanda is already becoming a country of migrants. We have people living here from all over the world. We have a lot of students, especially African students, going to African Leadership University, ALU, or Carnegie Mellon University, Africa, CMU. I mean, when you walk around Kigali these days, you see a lot of different people who... A lot of
0: different faces.
1: Lots of different faces, different accents, different languages, lots of new restaurants. Yeah, so um, it's becoming a really vibrant, cosmopolitan city. So people will, um, from anywhere, in the world will be able to integrate with some assistance
0: a lot of these young men women will have come here not because they want to but because of course they fell afoul of uh, british immigration law so i'm i'm just thinking they're coming here i I saw reports of some saying you know they'd commit suicide if they're brought to this hell and they actually said called this hell which is problematic In itself with those kind of feelings very very strong feelings don't we worry that there might be an issue of security right so imagine they get to the hope hostel you know that that initial place where they're supposed to be while we try to figure the next stage out and they start rioting they burn everything down won't such a display end up causing even more issues i mean Rwanda already has its own issues um with how the media perceives us won't Such displays end up making us look bad instead of, you know, being this positive light that's trying to um, find a solution to things.
1: First of all, Rwanda is a good place to live, from the weather to, you know, to the welcoming people. And Rwandans have worked very hard in the last three decades to make this a decent and good, happy and hopeful place to live. Uh, We've invested a lot in building our country and our our communities, and Rwandans are proud to call this country home. Uh, We know that, for instance, a lot of our students, young students, go to study abroad, Are in a hurry to come back?
0: Yeah, we actually are one of the few African countries where you have positive brain drain.
1: Yes. So uh, it is a good uh, place to live. You're talking about media and uh, part of the misconception about what Rwanda is like and about what Africa is like is caused by media. Mm. Uh, The kind of narratives that they put out there uh, about who we are as Africans and how we live and how we think is often incorrect. But it's up to us to keep uh, struggling to correct this misinformation, to show who we are and where we live, why what they're saying about our countries is wrong, uh, and give people an opportunity to come here and see for themselves. We're hoping that when they come here and they see the country they've come to uh, is not what they've heard, they will have a change of heart, uh, the ones that are, you know, dead set against being here. But um, for the migrants that do not want to stay on in Rwanda, they have an option to either go back to the country of origin, if they're able to, or to go to a third country where they have the legal right to live, who will accept them and we will facilitate that as well. We hope they'll stay here with us. And if they do, then they will get support to start a new life here and take advantage of new prospects and opportunities to to build a life here.
0: And uh, last question. We, as Randans know that we have our own challenges of population, I mean, right now we're slightly above 13 million people, and what this increasing population and increasing uh, demands, and how that strains our public service in terms of water, electricity, security, and all that. So, the question then I ask is, when we look at those challenges on our uh, social services, what contributions do we see these migrants playing to our national development Other than, of course, amazing cuisine, I can't wait to try Afghan cuisine, it seems delicious. Other than, you know, amazing food, um, what do we see these migrants bringing into our country to kind of rebuild this tapestry that we call our home?
1: I mean, when you look around uh, you can see that people who have chosen to, to stay here, whether they're students who have come to university and then decided to stay and start a business or work here uh, you can see that migrants are already starting to make some economic, social and cultural contributions to our country. And and this is uh, it's something that's, that we've seen in other parts of the world where migrants have actually built economies and rich countries they've contributed immensely to the growth of those places. There's no reason why with the right condition that can't happen here as well it it will be a good thing to increase our skilled workforce to uh, our our diversity as a country in in many forms and our economic capacity and the UK is investing in this partnership to ensure that our public services are upgraded that we have uh, increased capacity to offer training and education uh, and um, that our services that exist right now are not put under pressure
0: Thank you so much for joining me this week, Yolanda.
1: It's been great to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Um, hopefully this conversation will bring more light to this topic because there's been a lot of media reports and we've, no, we've never really got a chance as Rwandans to sit down and kind of talk between Rwandans to kind of figure out, okay, what does this thing mean without that prism of foreign media? So thank you so much for joining me.
1: You're welcome. It's been a pleasure.
0: Before I sign off, here are two of the biggest stories published this week in the New Times. The Rwanda Energy Group Reg. Has become the first team to qualify for the 2023 Basketball Africa League playoffs that is going to take place in the BK Arena in May. The Rwandan team qualified for the playoffs following wins against Falcons, Abidjan basketball club, and A.S. Dwan. This will be the second time that Reg has qualified for the playoffs. And lastly, Musanze has been listed by Time magazine as one of the top destinations to visit in the world. This announcement was made in the Times collection of the world's greatest places of 2023. This list featured 50 destinations around the world that offered unique experiences to travelers. According to Time, with its stunning natural beauty, exciting outdoor activities, and sustainable practices, Musanze is a destination worth exploring. Before we leave, would you like to partner with the long form? Send an email to sales at NewTimesRonda.com and ask for our rates. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to The Long Form with Sunny Nyombia on your favorite podcast service. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and Amazon Music as well as the New Times website. Until next week, goodbye.